You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Oh, and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to, because we built up a tolerance to Iocane powder and need something even more poisonous now. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who asked that you respect this time of grieving for him. Benedict, how are you in that process? You know, I'm. I think I'm through it. <laughs> I'm through all five stages wow. of grief. It was very quick. wow. He died hours ago. Yeah. He passed hours ago. And I cannot believe you would disrespect DMX's family in this way. <laughs> no, shout out to a real one. Um, <laughs> yes. Prince, Prince Philip and, and DMX collabing in, <laughs> in hev- heaven right now. Good DMX feeling. is no longer going to give it to you. Um, it's weird. I'm just imagining morning... Prince Philip doing the bark as like a... <laughs> I love that so much. Anyway, R.I.P. Philip died this morning at like, I don't know, 7, 8 a.m. or something this time. I texted you like right when it happened. I don't even think you were awake yet because I was up early. And then DMX dies this afternoon. I have a job that I have to go to every morning. And then DMX died this afternoon. Nobody gives a fuck about Prince Philip anymore. Twitter is off it. It's completely on (laughs) The sad passing of DMX. Everyone's bringing up the old tweet where he was going to fight George Zimmerman, beat his ass. That's fun. Like, nobody. Here's the thing. Prince Philip was never going to go hard like that. So everybody's uh, everybody's letting it go pretty easy. That's true. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I think uh, Twitter certainly cares more about DMX now. But I think generally it's uh, Prince Philip's loss is a, is a large one for the world. So, Well, is he um, is he the racist one or the oh, Ke- racist one? Kevin, they're all racist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's the one that uh, they always refer to his racism as gaffes. Okay, you know? okay. Because he was just well, we were... <laughs> By the time that he was, like, very publicly about it, he was just very old. Anyway, everyone so, should watch The Crown. The Crown's fun. That's my yeah, recommendation. Yeah, either way, watch. you are now closer to the English throne than you were the day before. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a, At some point, the English throne will pass to me. If there's a more serious pandemic in the world. that I'd like to start a rumor that you are somehow a member of the royal family, but we've been hiding that fact. That I'd really fun. like to get that started. I'd like everyone to believe that. So <laughs> you heard fun. it here first. I'm actually Prince Benedict, Harry using a pseudonym. Benedict is the 12th Earl twice removed of uh, Sussex what if I was? upon Swarthen. I could be. Uh, you don't in know. In the county of D- Dervisonshire. Sure. 
Yeah, the all those is, words right, mean okay. things. The, the, the thing is, though, like there are a bunch of just normal people in the UK <laughs> because because it's essentially meaningless, right? Like they're they're, right, they're right. often hereditary titles and they get divided up as as they get passed. So like there are people that are just normal like, who just like happen to be an earl, but then. But let me head. ask you: Does your family have a crest? There is a crest for my surname. Oh, there is. But, now I'm excited. Now I really want to see it. But I don't know. No, well, we're not doing that because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's I, a bag of Cheetos yeah. over two eyes rolling to the side, and the word "fuck off." I'm sleeping underneath it. I yeah, think, exactly. I think I think most <laughs> I think most families have a crest of some form in the UK. Uh, I don't know how uncommon it is not to have one. So. It's not very common here, no. so uh, I'm going to no, say... You know how uh, obsessed we are with feudalism and... and just sure. Like, you know, sure, exactly. sure, given the fact that, that your country is now in turmoil because a 90-year-old died. Uh, yeah, uh, but yes! I was kind of expecting it. <laughs> this is, of course, the show where we don't talk about princelings and uh, the the goings of the high to-do. This unless, is the show... the Tucker Carlson. <laughs> this is the show where we dig down deep, 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 deep into the peasant full trough, the, uh, the, the village where the commoners live to try and find the one bard of right-wing thought that we can <laughs> locate. Tried to make it topical there. I don't know. All those are words. Uh, that's what we do here on this show. And of course, it is an interstitial week. So this week, we're going to be continuing uh, the investigation, finalizing, actually, the investigation that we've been doing over the past few weeks of Prager University. Benedict, before we get to that, do you have a hot take for us this week? Oh, yeah, I do. It's now too hot. <laughs> All God, my hot takes have been, have been it's too cold. No, okay. You've, my... Yeah, you've done variations of it's too cold like four it's times. It's now too hot. <laughs> That's my just a lazy okay. bastard. No, okay. So my actual hot take is: it's harder than I thought to keep plants alive. Um, I, I I can sympathize with this. <laughs> I have three peace lilies, and then one plant that I don't know the name of. The peace lilies are all doing fine, but the one plant that I don't know, don't know the name of, the leaves keep turning yellow. And I googled why, <laughs> and the, I I shit you not, the answer Google stop smoking gave me, in the apartment. No, I don't know. That. The answer Google gave me were either. It's not getting enough sun. It's not uh-huh. getting enough water. Or, or it's getting too it's much getting sun. It's getting too much sun. <laughs> or it's getting, getting too, too much water. <laughs> How the fuck are you supposed to keep things alive? Plants are fickle bastards, my friend. I have one. I, I told you this before. I have one plant in my apartment because at one point I thought, you know what? It'd be nice to have something green inside. I just realized the other day when I was something sitting in green front of the that TV. You're not smoking. Yeah, I forgot to water it oh, for no. about three weeks. That's a long it's time. still alive. It is still is alive. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a green thing in my apartment. That's as far as I can tell you it's about it. But it's, it's still alive somehow. So anyway, yeah. Hopefully, I, I've decided now anyway that I was watering it too much, and I'm now gonna starve the bastard of water <laughs> and see what happens. Well, see how it likes it. Well, that concludes this week's episode of the Not Your Grandmother's Gardening podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not Your Grandmother's you... Botany. <laughs> still, still works with the, it still works what? with the, uh, the acronym, so that's nice. I'm waiting for you to ask, you bastard. You're just going to sit there. Che- Are you chewing gum? Yeah. Are you chewing gum during the show? Deliberately loudly. Yeah. You're, do- you're doing this to me right now? 
Did you bring enough for everyone? Yeah, you can have some. Well, <laughs> um, what's your? What's... You better bring some fucking gum when you come on yeah, well, Sunday. Then, what's your hot take, Kevin? <laughs> it's all staying in the show. My hot take this week: um, when someone gives you a book, mm. you should at least read it once. Um, <laughs> it's okay. because sounds like there's a I story had, there. I had a host of things I was considering for my hot take this week, but I, I settled on this one uh, because I purchased a book recently written by one of my law professors. It's a professor I'm pretty close with, who I'm working with uh, on some projects and speak to regularly and, and really, really admire. Um, so I wanted to read uh, some of his work, and it's an academic book. You know, it's not the sort of thing most people read uh, for pleasure. So I picked it up from a used bookstore um, online. It came in the mail today, this morning. I got it. Open it up to the first page, cover page, you know, not even not even where there's any text. And I see that there is a handwritten note with okay. the professor's name under it and a post-it note written by his wife for whoever they gave this oh, book to no. as a gift. <laughs> you, you, okay, you don't know that the person didn't read it, though. I... I am pretty certain, based upon the condition of the spine of this book, Apparently. it has never even been cracked open. Nobody, they, they may have leafed through at the most. Nobody read this book. And I feel so bad. Like, I, and I considered, right, do I tell him? Because the name of the person that they gave it to, right, is written, right, at the beginning of the note. Okay. I, I, do I tell my professor that no, I got this book? Don't tell him. <laughs> but it's such... It's such crazy happenstance that that happened, right? It's absolutely just wild that I got that copy yeah, of yeah, the yeah. book. Because there were plenty of copies of this book in that uh, that online thrift store that I went through to get it. Okay. It's a little crazy, but that should teach you all your lesson that if someone gives you a book, at least read it to make sure you can take out the post-it note written by that person's wife. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not sure I would notice if there was a post-it note in the first page because I don't open to the first, like I don't open the cover necessarily. I'll flick to where the content starts. Yeah, but I think occasionally if you flick through and you see that that flash of yellow, just as you're flipping through pages to get somewhere, you might figure it out. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I thought it was amusing. Make sure and read those books, people. Anyways, as a book podcast, we have to say that that's the advice we can give. As a book podcast. Unless it's one of the books that we send you, in which case, <laughs> do what you want with it. You don't, don't need to bother book. reading those at all. Don't worry about it. Read so my anyways, notes and that's it. <laughs> on to housekeeping. Rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on all the social medias. That's all I got. It's an easy week for housekeeping. Uh, become a patron Keep if you like the show. We, we, we just put out a new patron-only bonus episode where uh, Benedict watched some anime. It was great. People enjoy it. Go check it out, patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Anyways, Benedict, this week, as promised, mm. back to Prager U. And I was, when I started this, thinking that, you know, this would be the one that, that would really have some heft to it. Okay. This would be but the no. one that concluded it all. And as it turns out, information on the inner workings and machinations of Prager U is scarce to come by. There's not a whole lot out there, as it turns okay. out. So, 
I'll give you a little bit of just the basics, but then there's a lot of long pieces about by people who have gone over, you know, how they operate today, who have done interviews with Prager and the other people involved. Um, there's a great uh, Mother Jones article I went through. There's also a really detailed, detailed entry on Dsmog blog, mm-hmm. uh, which if you don't know, it's a website that covers uh, uh, climate change issues. Um, and they're always very, very detailed. And they have, you know, all these videos broken down with what's wrong with them, what they were lying about, all this sorts of stuff. Okay. As well as a lot of information about their funding, which I did use in part when I was going through all this. But PragerU was founded in either 2010 or 2011. It's hard to tell because it seems like they may have been doing some stuff in 2010, latter parts of 2010, but they certainly didn't make their first IRS filing until 2011 as a 501c3. Until the tax, so tw- tax year of 2011? or Yes, it's po- I'm not sure how the process went because taxes happen around April. Uh, nonprofits are different, and I'm not 100% sure on whether they need to file only if they were active the year before. I don't know all that stuff. So, but 2011 for sure, we know they come into existence. And it was founded by Dennis Prager, of course, and his talk show producer, Alan Estrin, who was a minor television writer. Uh, he's done some work on a couple of different TV shows. Um, I want to say that one of the shows he worked on was... Uh, uh, he, he, wrote, he was a screenwriter. He wrote some episodes of Touched by an Angel and The Practice... So, yeah, he also co-wrote Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World with his brother. Yeah, yeah, that's great stuff. He also, sadly, did some work with David Zucker of Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker, who wrote the airplane movies, the two of them, only the first one matters, uh, all the the, uh, Naked Gun movies, right? So that's a little sad for me. So an actual talented person. uh, an actual talented person would be involved with this guy. Uh, but so those are the two people who were involved in the founding. And since then, it's grown to an organization of about 50 employees. Okay. So it's not a small organization. And estimates vary on what the cost of any one individual video is. But some places I've seen estimated around $6,500 per video. Others up to twenty to $30,000 <laughs> per video. Do they pay that contribution? Which I... You know? Do they pay what? That contributes. I don't know. I couldn't find any information on that. I have an inkling, but I'm pretty sure a lot of these people are are independently wealthy, like the Ben Shapiros. Adam Carolla has done a ton of videos, and he's a friend with Dennis Prager. Another disappointment, because I thought Adam Carolla was funny in my youth. So I'm not sure on whether they ever pay anyone. I would suspect most of the time, no. These are just people who believe the bullshit they're saying, and they're doing it because it's good exposure or, you know, networking and whatever you want to say it is. Get them out there. So the original plan they actually had, what they had brainstormed over, was to create an actual brick-and-mortar university. But they're idiots, so the internet (laughs) was their oyster, as it turns out. I mean, can you imagine if these people actually tried to pull off a university? If they tried to pull off a a Liberty University-scale type of thing? Well, as we, you're going to see, because we're going to today go over some of their early work, it's not quite up to the level that I think you need to be at if you're going to be doing uh, some real university okay. stuff. And besides that, they don't have the intellectual capability to pull off a real university. They really don't. Okay. But a large part of their initial financing for PragerU came from a couple of different sources. The biggest one being two individuals named Dan... Um, oops. 
Dan and who? Dan and I wrote it down wrong. God damn it. Dan and Busta. Uh, no, I didn't write it down wrong. I just couldn't believe this is actually someone's first name. Uh, it's Dan and Ferris Wilkes, <laughs> known as the Wilkes Brothers. They are fracking billionaires. Oh, of course they are. That seems right. Of course they are. They're also currently the majority owner, I believe, because I don't think Ben Shapiro owns the majority of the Daily Wire. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they're they're those guys. They're heavily involved in gotcha, that. Gotcha. So they helped they helped Shapiro found the Daily Wire, and I'm pretty sure they still maintain most of the ownership of it. Uh, they got some other weird financing early on from a number of different nonprofits. One of them being a nonprofit I can't find any information on, and I didn't search the IRS database. I just did some basic Googles, but it's called Central Children's Charities from which they got $1.4 billion. I'm sorry, $1.4 million. Okay. $1.4 million from Central Children's Charities. That sounds like a slush fund that a billionaire uses to funnel money into whatever cause does, they yeah. want. It really does. Some of their other funders, uh, the Lind and Harry Bradley Foundation, the Maccabee Task Force Foundation, <laughs> the Heavenly Fathers Foundation, sure. The Donors Trust, which is a big-time right-wing uh, fundraiser and, and donator. Um, and one that's a little bit strange, the Fidelity Charitable Gift Fund mm. from Fidelity Investments. Oh, really? Yeah. That is weird. Yep. Is that like their right-wing arm? Like... I, I have to imagine that the founders or the owners or whoever ran Fidelity were generally right-wing, right? And, and just establish this foundation to, to give money to right-wing causes. Then why also, would they of course, name it after Fidel Castro? I, I'm <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, also, of course, people like Sheldon Adelson. Those are other big donors. So money coming in from a bunch of right-wing causes. They claim today that a lot of their money comes from small donations. But if you look at the spreadsheets that show where a lot of their big donations come from, they're still getting big chunks in recent years uh, from organizations like a million dollars from something called the 13 Foundation, a hundred thousand from Michael and Andrea Levin Family Foundation. So there's big chunks of money coming in all over the place. And what's, I think, enlightening is that most of this money doesn't go towards producing the videos. Okay. The vast majority of their spending goes to Facebook and YouTube advertising. Okay. Which I think explains a lot about how they exploded. Mm hmm. So when we look at some of their, the, their videos we'll see today, the early stuff, I don't think they quite understood technology and the internet yet. Okay. But somewhere I mean, along the way... did anybody in 2010, really? I mean, that's very early days. I, good question. But I think somewhere along the way, they realized if we just pump enough money into Facebook advertising and set the target criteria to Kevin's mom, we will have <laughs> plenty of views on our videos. And it is truly scary how many views their videos get. They have a ticker on the bottom of their website that is constantly counting up the number of views on their videos. And I suspect that their criteria for a view is anytime the autoplay starts on Facebook when someone scrolls over it. But still, as of right now, as we record, it claims 4.881 billion views of their videos. That is a truly scary number of views for an organization mm. this toxic. 
Yeah, I, and I mean, the, the social networks do have different criteria for what counts as a view. So I would imagine, and it, it, it doesn't take very much. Like, I think Facebook is like, you have to stop stop your scroll for five seconds right. or something. And YouTube, it's like, I think it's like 10 seconds of... No, YouTube, I, I know this because the, the show has a YouTube account. Uh, a view count is a single second. Oh, Someone really? just opens the video and it starts playing, it counts as a view. It'll tell you how long they watch, yeah, yeah. but it is, it'll still count it as a view. Okay. Um, so I don't know where they're getting that data. I don't know how they, they got that on there, but I suspect that they're they're overestimating their reach a little bit. Uh, even if you take off, say, 50% of that, still, still fucking lot. scary. Yeah. Still absolutely scary how many views they have. So How many of those are you, of- though? <laughs> About half. <laughs> uh, so a lot of the videos that we've done on the show, actually all of them, use this really slick animation style. And if you've ever watched a PragerU video, you're pretty familiar with it, right? Sort of characters that are largely shadow figures, but they move a little bit, some stuff moves around. It's pretty decent animation. They do a good job with it. Whoever they're hiring for that does good work. But the reason why they use exclusively animation comes from a lawsuit they faced in 2013 where they were just taking images off the internet and using them to put their videos together. And an Irish photographer who saw that they were using his photos sued them to stop that. Okay. And I have to suspect that part of the reason why they're so successful now with this whole slick video style stems from that well-meaning guy's stupid mistake of pushing them in a direction that accidentally benefited them. Well, it's not a stupid them. mistake. People shouldn't be allowed to just steal yes. people's work. I agree entirely. But still, I'd prefer PragerU was uh, relatively unknown still. So I want to start us off on the video side this week with watching the first PragerU video that I am able to locate. So this is from April 22nd, 2010, and this is titled So they were Interview. around in 2010. Yes, yes. So that's what I'm saying is the IRS filings didn't come till 2011, but they have some stuff from 2010. Gotcha. Um, and after this first video in 2010, there's a big gap as far as when their next video came out. Their next video that they have posted didn't come out till 2012. Okay. And it might be because they had to do some video takedowns because of all the constant trouble they're always running up against in that lawsuit and stuff like that. Uh, but the, this is the earliest video I'm able to find, and uh, this this is not so great. Uh, so this is an interview with a guy named Paul Johnson. You ever heard of him? No. Sounds like a generic You should have, name. because he's been cited by multiple books that we've read. I'm sure. I mean, I've heard of him, I'm sure. I just, like, they're all so bland and fit together. Then. Yes, he's usually cited by our authors as a British historian. Uh, and usually when that happens, I chime in and say, not a historian. And usually that's all the rebuttal I need to give. Yeah. He is a journalist. He spent an entire career in journalism. And right now he's 92 years old. Um, but he is a far-right journalist uh, who has, for example, in his past, uh, warned about the menace of Beatleism, um, sure. <laughs> uh, praised Augusto Pinochet. Great. Um, yep, yep, not, not so great. Uh, and uh, had, things about people. Yeah, he's had some limited, uh, you know, admiration of uh, Generalissimo Francisco Franco. Of course he has. Uh, defended Richard Nixon, of course. You never want to want to run afoul of, of that. So, you know, pro-Brexit guy, all this sort of stuff. Isn't really a historian. He's just a guy who's written some popular history books and has spent a life uh, uh, doing journalism. And, and generally, towards the later part of his career, just doing opinion pieces, opinion columns. So this is the first video they ever put up. And it's uh, the caption underneath says, Dennis inaugurates a new feature of Prager University 
Wisdom of the Masters. Interviews with some of the finest minds in the world. First up, influential British historian Paul Johnson, author of Modern Times, The Intellectuals, and A History of the American People. Mm, Okay. Give it a listen. Ooh. Yes, the PBS music. All right, here I am with the great historian Paul Johnson at his home in London. And by the way, it's shaky camera. They don't even have a tripod. Someone's literally holding this camera in this guy's house. Is that a nice house? I mean, all I can see is is the corner where he's sitting. He's in a a chair. He's he's wearing a tie. That's about all I can tell you. I can't tell you much more than that. There's some there's a framed photograph behind him and the frame is gold colored. So that's that's what I can tell you. And I'm gonna ask you just a, a few questions and get your thoughts. First, why do you think religion no in Europe has become so unpopular? <laughs> no. uh, well, there is a, a very big uh, s- uh, secular movements in Europe, socialism, social democracy, and so on. Uh-huh. However, there are still um, vast numbers of uh, Christians in uh, Europe, as well as Jews, of course. So, I mean, I presume what he means here is why protestantism has become unpopular because like spain is still like 80 percent catholic and and france i I mean french catholicism is kind of farcical catholicism it's uh catholicism (laughs) based on how one can cheat cheat on one's significant other without getting caught but i mean there's whole sectarian conflicts based on religion in europe like you know the yugoslav wars the the troubles like it seems a bit of a weird thing to be like but this is a 2010 video, right? So we're diff- dealing with a different a different world. And I will say that a secularism is on the rise everywhere, yeah, not just no, the United true. States, but in Europe and everywhere. And this is part of their fear mongering agenda. It's they're coming for your Jesus, right? Yeah. And and remember, Dennis Prager's part of the thing we've learned about him throughout all the videos we've watched and everything is uh, the decline of Western civilization, as they know it, is directly linked to the decline of religion. Yes. Yeah, classic. Uh, And I don't think uh, religion is dying out there at all. There could well be uh, a religious revival over the next 20 years. If you were to give one powerful argument for being a religious... Paul Johnson's first response to Dennis Prager's question is, I disagree with the very premise of your (laughs) opening question. Basically, yeah. I think he agreed in principle, but then accidentally talked his way into disagreeing with it throughout the course of his answer. He used to be a leftist, Paul Johnson. Yeah, yeah, apparently he did back in his youth, and I think it was like the 60s or 70s went right wing. Happened quite a lot. Based on my reading about him. People went neocon after the... It's interesting. Anyway, that's for a different day. Yeah, I mean, like Christopher Hitchens' brother is a fucking screaming right wing. I mean, Christopher Hitchens himself went pretty right wing. Uh, Well, that's true as well religious person as opposed to a secular person what would it be the the question by the way was one he wants an argument in favor of religion go ahead that was what he's seeking in this prager university video let's do it if you want to be a happy person i don't say that being religious will make you happy (laughs) but certainly nothing else will okay (laughs) so benedict sure you and i completely miserable Miserable never been happy i don't know what the word happiness means (laughs) bizarre this is a very this is a very 2010 video isn't it it's very like 
This is early age of the internet. People not knowing how to put out slick content not even like that, they do but now, even right? Even the talking points is like it's very like height of new atheism before I, new and, atheism. And like, I, I really think that that's part of where this video comes from. That's where the maybe the inspiration for this video comes from. Because right, given that this is all out of context, that they they just have like barely two sentences underneath this video about the content. And I can't look back and see what was in Dennis Prager's mind at the time. I have to assume that maybe there was a new atheist tie-in. I know Paul Johnson, based on my reading about him, uh, went after Dawkins and, and those guys a lot. Yeah. So there, there might be a tie-in there, and that might be why he decided to go talk to this guy. So we'll just give it another 30 seconds or so, yes, and then we'll, we'll end this, this garbage. Uh, and I think if you've got a genuine religion... Uh, on the of the Judeo-Christian tradition, okay. it enables you to meet misfortune face to face and overcome it and adapt yourself. No other to religions it. are genuine. Yeah, part of why I wanted to give it another couple of seconds cool. before we cool, quit cool, cool. it. Genuine religion, my friend. Of Gen the Judeo-Christian. Genuine, and of course, when you say it in that accent, it doesn't sound quite as well, big as it truly he's not, is. He's not even that posh. He's from Manchester, so he's. he's it's kind of an you know accent. that just based on you googled him didn't you you didn't know that just based off his voice no i mean it's it's a it's a northern accent i i can't i don't believe you okay i don't believe that you just read his voice yeah. and know where he's I know from where he's from there you go hold on now i have to know he was fuck he was born in manchester <laughs> god damn it <laughs> fuck are you right about that i'm so mad all right, so we don't need any more of that, but I thought that would highlight that early video, right? That would highlight the stark difference between what they had then and what they have now, right? Because now you, there's no interview content in the five-minute videos. There's there's none of that stuff going on. No, it's all. And the, you don't need a host, especially when the host is as charismatic as a slug. <laughs> right, and Dennis Prager knows that he just doesn't have the charisma to host something like that. Yeah. So. They've obviously switched style. And right, the, the sound was bad. It's so echo. There's no mic on him, so the sound is echoey all throughout the room. It's just bad content. Uh, and obviously, they've had a lot more success since then. So one of the things I wanted to go to next was the most popular videos they've ever had. Okay. And I tried looking that up in a number of ways, right? I went to their website. They have a section for what they call their most popular videos. Mm -hmm. I went to YouTube and tried to check and see, is these, these have the most watches? And then, of course, Facebook's even harder because they're promoting them through ads and you can't get accurate numbers off those. So what I wanted to find was just a general selection of what their most popular videos are and give you the chance to choose what we're going to take a look okay. at. So I'm going to go off of their list of the most watched videos that they have and assume that they're not lying about that because these seem likely to be the most watched by my reckoning. So the ones they provide us with, and I think we've done this first one before, is do you understand the Electoral College? Ugh. I'm, I'm pretty sure we one. may have yeah, done that yeah, one before. Uh, the next is, was the Civil War about slavery? Oh, no, we're of not doing that. Of course that's at the top we're of their list. We're not doing that. But it's the number two most watched video they have. Of course it is. That's part of the other reason why I wanted to highlight it. Number three, the inconvenient truth about the Democratic Party. Okay, let's do that. Uh, let me get through all of them. Okay. Let me get through all of them. Uh, number four, why I left the left by... Dave Rubin. I Dave did. Rubin. Let's do that one. I want that you one. You remember when that yeah. one made it big on I the do. internet, Let's right? Let's do that one. All right, I all right let, me go through the rest of the, let me go through the rest of the names first, though. Uh, next one is The War on Boys oh. by <laughs> Christina Hoff Summers. Sure. After that, The Progressive Income Tax, A Tale of Three Brothers. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we'll do that one actually. How many are we doing? Two, three? We we can hey, we can do as many as you want. Okay. I'm here all day. Next one. Is Islam a religion of peace? Uh, Sam Harris? No, Ian Hersey Ali. Oh, good. I love when she comes up because of our tangential connection to her. Yeah. Uh, next one. How socialism ruined my country. And that's the that's, one I played uh, you that yeah, one before that we started one. the show. Uh, no, no, that's the Brazil one uh, uh, from before okay, we started okay. the show. Uh, next. Why did the Democratic South become Republican? And the last one. How's socialism doing in Venezuela? Ugh, Bye. Boring. Debbie. Debbie D'Souza. Motherfucking D'Souza. Our best friend. So, uh, you said you wanted to do Why I Left the Left, the Dennis. Uh, this one, I remember when this came out, right? Mm-hmm. This was, uh, I don't remember what year this came out, but it was just a couple years ago. And this one, I mean, we were all clowning it, right? Everyone that we know was clowning yeah. on this video. Uh, and it, it, But it got a lot of fucking traction. I remember it getting like mainstream news articles talking about just this stupid fucking video. So let's take a look at what Dave Rubin had to say back, uh, and they don't give me the date here on when this came out, so I'll have to look it up later. But here we go, Davey Rubin. Do you believe in free speech? Do you believe that people should be judged by their character? I love the way he's, do you believe that people, pe- that's just, that's so in the, the thing that you always do in imitating him, of ideas, people. He always has Nailed that little. It. It's like it's just from the back of your. It's like the back of your mouth. It's like you have to move your neck little, back and then evil. forward. It's, yeah, it's uh, a little bit of that. It, it, these ideas and all these these people <laughs> that, that they 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 should be judged by their character, not their. It, it, the, the mouth is a little round as well. <laughs> so let's see. Let's see what this video is about. Not their skin color. <laughs> Do you believe in freedom of religion? <laughs> If you believe these things, you're probably not a progressive. You, uh, you, you think can you're progress into I used bitch. to think I was. My show, The Rubin Report, was originally part of Pimping the Progressive Young show. Turks Network. Yeah, uh, until they fucking, until they realized you were a fucking piece of no, shit. Until until he was like, hey, can I have a raise? And they were like, no, you would be making more than Jank. Like, <laughs> and then he was like, well, my idea is to go and form my own show then. It's true. And, and to be honest... All the shit they talk about him afterwards, about how terrible he was when he was with Extremely them, worth it. May, may be motivated in part on the fuck Dave Rubin aspect. But I prefer to believe when the Young Turks crowd talks shit about what, how he was a piece of shit even when he was working with them. Yeah. I prefer to believe He's all those just things. a sponge. Like, he absorbs the, the people around him and that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I I don't believe he has an ideology. No. I think he just goes where he can where he sees the money. Exactly, which is always the right way. Progressives struck me as liberals, but louder. Okay. Progressives were the nice guys. They looked out for the little guy. They cared about women and minorities. They embraced change. In short, who wouldn't want to be a progressive? But over the last who couple wouldn't? of years, the meaning of the word progressive has changed. You know, the meaning of the word progressive say, has progressed beyond where I'm comfortable say, with it. But I'll fight to the death for your right to say it. Not anymore. Oh my god! Banning speakers whose opinions you don't agree oh with How from many college times campuses. Have we gone over there was and, and the animation. <laughs> the animation was literally somebody being dragged off a stage from a podium. <laughs> that was the anime and and launched into the sky from the university <laughs> after being dragged off that I'd stage. Love to see it. Literally catapulted to fame. That's not. Yes. <laughs> progressive. 
prohibiting any words not approved of as politically correct. Okay. That's not progressive. So, okay. Putting trigger warnings on books, <laughs> Not movies, saying the N-word, music, that's not Anything that might offend people, that's not progressive either. No, progressive saves you 15% or more on car insurance. <laughs> Come on, David. You got to get those good rates. Discount double check. Uh, other slogans from different insurance companies. I don't know them. Only saving 10% on your car insurance? That's Geico. <laughs> That's not progressive. <laughs> if you get a good rate and stay online, go to the general and save some time. There we go. This All of this clown. has led me to believe that much of the left is no longer progressive, but regressive. Oh, God. This is one Remember of the reasons we I've like spent this? so much... Uh, okay. I was never... I was never that bad with that stuff. I was... I think I... I re, uh, here's the thing. We've talked before about how you and I, our past, we were connected to a certain online news site mm-hmm. that, that called itself progressive. And because my main job was running the website and doing behind-the-scenes work, I didn't spend as much time reading the stuff that was actually going up on the site. So I was under the illusion for a little longer than you, I think, that we were actually a progressive news site. Yeah, I think I think the idea was that we were a liberal news site and not a pro- not progressive. I, I I mean I think there was a, a pardon. Yeah. Do you recall the slogan? What was it? I don't. You don't recall the slogan? I think, I've literally the voice it. of progressivism. Oh, there you go. That was the slogan. There you go. Um. Anyway, so that's a dark time in our lives. But we yes, met some interesting people, didn't we? Yeah, we met each other there. Yeah, that's true. I'm happy about that. That's I'm happy true. about that. That's let's, let's hear Dave tell us how, uh, I guess, we were progressive. That I'm not sure yeah. what he's going to say we were. Let's find so out. much time on my show talking about the regressive left. This regressive ideology doesn't judge people as individuals, but as a collective. If you're black or female or Muslim or Hispanic or member of any other minority group, You're judged differently than the most evil of all things, a white Christian male. (laughs) (laughs) And and I love that. I love that so much. And the animation is literally just a lineup. There's just a lineup of people and the the four non-white Christian males are standing off on their own side, away from that horrible evil white christian I, male I, it's a huge wasted opportunity if they didn't take the white christian male away and crucify you know, him like Benedict, i can't it tell a you huge wasted opportunity i can't tell you how many protests i've been to about police violence where we broke out into spontaneous chants of fuck white christian males yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you how often that happens that's that's just a regular everyday occurrence for us The regressive left ranks minority groups in a pecking order to compete in a kind of oppression Olympics. Gold medal goes to the most offended. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream. Oh, Oh, he's gonna he's gonna go up, Martin Luther King Jr. Here we go. Here we go. That totally non-socialist Martin Luther King Jr. Did you know Martin Luther King Jr. was judged by their character and not their skin color? Was a liberal idea. But these days, it's not a progressive idea. Oh, my God. Dude, and what about social? religious what the freedom? The idea you? that no one else can tell you what you have to believe. Surely progressives still support that basic right. Yeah, but Dave fucking doesn't. No. Dave, abs- Dave, okay, even if you suppose that personally he still holds the belief that you should be able to believe whatever you want, 
I don't think so. I don't think he gives a shit about what anyone believes. He actively supports organizations and individuals that want to make this country a fucking Christian theocracy. So there's no way he can straight face tell me that progressives are against religious freedom and he's the one that's for it. Yeah, and I, you know, I think that <laughs> we've seen like the in terms of the right-wing agenda, the worst thing they can do for their agenda a lot of the time is to win power and actually have to pass that agenda. <laughs> As we learned in 2016. Yeah. Well, not so much. I'm a married gay man, uh, so you really? might you think that like I weed? appreciate the government forcing a... Have you ever met uh, D- Dinesh D'Souza's wife? Yeah. You know, do you know one fun fact about her? <laughs> from, There's something I can tell you about from it? Venezuela. Christian baker or photographer or florist to act against their religion in so order it's to just cater, photograph, or decorate my boring. wedding. Yeah, he's just engaging in tokenism. A government yeah. that can force Christians to violate their conscience can force me it's to the violate snake mine. With, Please violate the my rights, won't Daddy. Bake you a cake, find Please another step baker. On me. Don't demand that the state tell him what to do with his private business. I'm pro-choice, but a government that can force a group of Catholic nuns literally oh, called Jesus the Little Christ. Sisters of the Poor to violate their faith and pay for abortion-inducing birth control can force anyone to do anything. Yeah, because it's fucking health That's not progressive. Yeah. That's regressive. No, it's all state, you motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Cut. I don't think we yeah, need to... That's there's safer, there's a minute left in that. I don't think we need to watch the rest of it. So... Should we make another selection? One more, yeah, let's do one more. One more. We'll do one and more. We'll do some I think this, Portuguese. Because, like, like I said at the beginning, right, I was a little disappointed at how little information there is out there about PragerU that I could really use for this episode to sort of nail things down for us. So I think the best we're going to get is, is these popular videos. I think the one thing about them is, A, it tells us not only about PragerU and the type of stuff they're looking at, it tells us about their audience. Mm-hmm. It tells us what's appealing to them. And I think the one thing about that that video we just watched is that it tells me what I think I already knew before, which is these videos are not made to change minds. These are preaching to the choir videos. Yeah. They're making videos that make the audience they already know would like this content feel as though they're winning a battle. Yeah, it's a or feel like as it. though they have these great arguments. And this is winning. This is changing minds, despite all evidence to the contrary that America is abandoning conservatism as fast as possible. So the other selections we have, I know you liked the uh, Debbie D'Souza video. No, I'm not um, doing that. Do, you, you, uh, do th- read me three through six again. Three through six. So we got the inconvenient truth about the Democratic Party. Sure, I like that. Uh, the progressive income tax, a tale of three brothers. Uh-huh. Uh, why did the Democratic South become Republican? Okay. And uh, that's about all of them. Okay, cool. Let's do the... Was the Civil War about slavery? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Let's do... Um, who, who does the the inconvenient truth about the Democratic Party? That is Carol Swain, who I think is one of the people that Dinesh had in his movie. Okay, let's do that. All right. So one. we'll do... So the last video we'll do, it's the inconvenient truth about the Democratic Party, which we've heard about a dozen times from When you think people. about racial Ooh, equality and civil rights, which political party comes to mind? The Republicans or the Democrats? I mean, Most people would probably say the Democrats. Yeah. But this answer ding, ding, ding. is incorrect. No, it's not. Since its founding in 1829, <laughs> 
the Democratic Party has fought against every major civil rights initiative and has a long history of discrimination. Okay, right off the bat, let's start with... When you with... think about racial... Oh, it's restarting on me. Nice. That's when you nice. think about... Um, so she said right there, since its founding, the Democratic Party has fought against every civil rights measure. Benedict, you happen to recall uh, which president signed the Civil Rights Act? Uh, Democratic President Lyndon B. Johnson. Mm. Do you remember who? Do you happen to recall who, pined, who signed the Voting Rights Act? Uh, no, no. Can you remind me? Uh, what I happen to also be Democratic President. Democratic Lyndon President Lyndon B. Johnson. B. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Do you happen to recall which party ran someone who opposed the Voting Rights Act in the election of 1960? Would that be party of Barry Goldwater? That would, be the, that would be the Republican Party. Sure, sure, be sure, the, sure. It's almost as though things change over time. <laughs> I'm no scholar, my friend, but I think that may be a possibility. We may have got something there and has a long history of discrimination. The Democratic Party defended slavery, yes. started the Civil mm -hmm. War, True. opposed Reconstruction, yeah. True. founded the Ku Klux Klan, imposed segregation, mm -hmm. perpetrated lynchings, yeah. mm -hmm. and fought against the Civil Rights Acts of the 1950s and 1960s. Mm, some of them did, but then what happened? There you get, so everything up until that last one, absolutely true. And the one thing we can say now, they oppose that stuff now, yeah. and we oppose that stuff now as well. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing is, like, yes, it, but it was more like it, Democrats did oppose the the civil rights legislation in the fifties and sixties, but it 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 was much more predictable by where where their districts yes. were than their political party. So it was yeah, and I gotta say, when I was when I was looking this stuff up, there are a bunch of long articles out there about this specific video. Really. Um, and I don't remember if it was this one or the other one that Kevin Cruz actually took the time to write an article about. I think it might have been the was the Civil War about slavery one that Kevin Cruz responded to. Uh -huh. uh, but there's there's plenty of people out there going, okay, this is so obvious. How dare you call yourself a history professor and spout this bullshit? Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, like, it, it's one of those things that always happens with this type of stuff is, like, they start with stuff that's like, yeah, that's right. That makes sense. And then they just they just keep going until things aren't true anymore. So let's see where it goes next. All right, let's see. In contrast... The Republican Party oh, was no. founded in 1854 as an anti-slavery party. Mm, yeah. Was it or was it founded as a free soiler party? Which is drastically different uh, yeah. than an anti-slavery like party. They, they, they took very early anti-slavery positions. So I, I, I'm okay they with had, that. They okay. certainly had more anti-slavery... They certainly had more anti-slavery individuals than the Democratic yeah. Party did. <laughs> That's for sure. Three. Its mission was to stop the spread of slavery into the new Western territories yeah, with the aim of abolishing it entirely. This effort, however, was dealt a major blow by the Supreme Court in the 1857 case, Dred Scott yeah. versus Sandford. The court ruled that slaves aren't citizens, they're property. Yes. The seven justices who voted in favor of slavery, all Democrats, <laughs> the two justices who <laughs> dissented, both Republicans. Cool. Hey there, everybody. This is Kevin cutting in. Uh, just because 
I didn't notice it when we were doing this record and going over this video, but she actually makes a bald-faced lie when she says that the two dissenting justices in Dred Scott were Republicans. One of them, John McLean, he was in fact a Republican, but the other one who dissented, Benjamin Curtis, in fact ran as the Democratic nominee for U.S. Senator in Massachusetts in 1874, and operated as the Impeachment Defense Counsel for President Andrew Johnson, who you may recall was also a Democrat. It just bothered me so much when I looked this up after the fact and found out she was lying so blatantly, I thought I had to record this and cut it in. The slavery question was, of course, ultimately resolved by a bloody civil war. The commander-in-chief during that war was the first Republican, Republican president, Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln uh -huh. the man who freed the slaves. Yeah. Six days after the Confederate Army surrendered, John Wilkes Booth, a Democrat, assassinated <laughs> President Lincoln. <laughs> I love that. We're now, we're now two minutes into this video, and we're, we're still stuck in the 1860s. Bizarre. We can't get out Bizarre. of the 1860s. I'm trapped in the I, 1860s, how? <laughs> and I just, I, the, the little animation of uh, Lincoln getting shot in the head, uh, quite inspiring. They did the, the sepia brains, tones and everything. Brains everywhere. No, no, not quite so graphic. They gotta make it for the children, so they're not gonna go that far, but let's see what comes next. Lincoln's vice president, a Democrat named Andrew Johnson, assumed the presidency. But Johnson adamantly opposed Lincoln's plan to integrate the newly freed slaves into the South's economic and social order. Yep. Johnson and the Democratic Party were unified in their opposition to the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, the 14th Amendment, which gave blacks citizenship, I really wonder if and the we're even 15th gonna get Amendment, the which gave blacks the vote. All three passed only because of universal Republican support. During the era of Reconstruction, federal troops stationed in the South helped secure rights for the newly freed slaves. Hundreds of black men were elected to Southern state legislatures as Republicans, and 22 black Republicans served in the U.S. Congress by 1900. The Democrats did not elect a black man to Congress until 1935. Oh, but they elected one president But after Reconstruction ended, when the federal troops went home, Democrats roared back into power in the South. They quickly reestablished like, you know, white supremacy across the region with measures like black codes, yeah, okay. laws that restricted the ability of blacks to own property and run businesses, and they imposed poll taxes you know, and literacy tests used to... All of this is true. Yeah, but, absolutely. That's why it, I'm not saying it anything. Do, it, doesn't, it doesn't make <laughs> what is happening now. Like, it shines no light on what's happening now. Absolutely. And I love that whenever we get this argument, right, and we get it, I think we got it from just about every author every we've ever one. read. I'm 90% sure every author we've read has, has at least some point written this down, right? Democrats were the South, yeah. Democrats did slavery, blah, blah, blah. They all act as though nobody knows that. That's the big thing. And I think that's... When you get a video like that, there's an implied nobody knows this yeah. on one of these videos. I think it's implied. The reason we needed to make this video was to make sure that you knew this thing that they don't want you to know. This one easy trick yeah. that they don't want you to know. It's also funny because whenever we talk about the past, they're like, don't relitigate the past. Don't judge the past by the present's <laughs> morals, which like you absolutely should. 
Right, and I, I gotta want because this video, this is an older-ish video, I think, but literally, over the last two, three years, it hasn't been Republicans tearing down the statues of slave owners. No. Right? It's not been them. And I wouldn't say it's been Democrats, and although I'm sure many, many of them have generals. been. Yeah. Right, but it, that's exactly the point, right? They, they completely ignore everything before that convenient point when they can point to and say... Back then, don't look at it now. Don't look at it now. Don't look at it now. I said back then. I said back then. They were bad. It's always that. But we'll see. I want to see if she gets How long to the that? 1960s. We had about two minutes okay, left. We'll sure. see if she Let's gets there. To subvert black citizens' right to vote. And how is all of this enforced? By terror. <laughs> Much of it mm -hmm. instigated yeah. by the Ku Klux Klan founded by a Democrat, yep. Nathan Bedford Forrest. Yep. Oh, by the As way, historian who people Eric... tried to remove from the Capitol in, where was yeah. it, Kentucky, somewhere, Kansas? <laughs> One of those. Yep, and, and the Republicans, and Republicans would not allow yeah. to be, re again, it's another inconvenient now for them. Jesus, there's just so many of those. Eric Foner himself, a, a Democrat. No. The the funniest statue in the Civil War is that Nathan Bedford Forrest one that's like gold and is just him on like a tiny horse. With a oh, tiny the, the giant weirdo horse? <laughs> yes, I know exactly which one you're talking about. In effect, the Klan was a military force serving the interests of the Democratic Party. Also, fun fact, back when we first started podcasting, I was listening to a lot wider variety of podcasts. And there was this history podcast I was listening to. And the guy was right wing, but I liked his style. So I listened to like get a feel for how he did stuff. Because we did a little history podcast way back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and the guy at one point, because he was clearly a Republican, right? He did a, oh, a uh, Nixon show that totally said that, oh, Democrats overreacted to Watergate. And then he did a show with a guy who called himself a historian, was not. I looked him up. Where the guy spent the entire episode apologizing for Nathan Bedford Forrest. Not in the way of like, oh, he did wrong and we should... In the way of saying, well, he was just protecting them white women in the South and all the people who was under attack at the time. They was just protecting the people. That's the Klan was just protecting the people of the South. Yes, I see the picture. <laughs> so, this is... <laughs> Can you please tweet that picture out? Just so people I will. know. I will. Just Thank for you. you. President Woodrow Wilson, a also Democrat, a racist, shared yeah. many views with the Klan. Yes, he resegregated many federal agencies yep. and even screened the first they, movie see, ever played at say. the White House, the racist film, what The Birth of a Nation, originally entitled The Klansman. <laughs> a few decades later, the only serious congressional opposition to the landmark Civil Rights Act of oh, 1964 okay. came get, from okay, Democrats. Okay. Uh -huh. okay, so that's where she... The only Forget the fact that, you know, it passed through a Democrat-controlled House and Senate and was signed by a Democratic president, but, you know, they were the only serious opposition to it. Bizarre. 80% of Republicans in Congress supported the bill... Less than 70% of Democrats did. Okay, that's not a huge Democratic... difference in numbers. <laughs> well, she said less than 70% of Democrats supported Which means it. like 69.9%. 30... Sure. I, I, I remember at one point when we first ran up against this argument, I looked it up, and it was still uh, the numbers were overwhelmingly the Democrats supported. So I think, I don't remember if, I don't remember what the numbers were overall, but uh, whatever the case might be, it, it doesn't matter. 
Um, because it still passed through an overwhelmingly Democratic-controlled House and Senate, and it just barely needed a few Republicans to get it over the hill. Senators filibustered the bill for 75 days until Republicans yeah. mustered the few extra votes needed to break the logjam. <laughs> and when all of their efforts to enslave blacks, keep them enslaved, and then keep them from voting had failed, the Democrats came up with a new strategy. Oh, I'm going to pause right here. What do you think that new strategy is going to be? Uh, well, uh, giving people welfare, I don't know, to keep... Yeah, I have a feeling. I don't know because I haven't watched this video, but I have a feeling that's going to be exactly let's what it is. That. Let's see. If black people are going to vote, they might as well vote for Democrats. As President Lyndon Johnson was purported to have said about the Civil Rights Act, I'll have them voting Democrat for 200 years. Oh, they bleeped it out. Good. She said, she clearly, well, she's, she's an African-American woman. Uh, but sh the PragerU video bleeped, they didn't bleep it, but they edited out yeah. the word, the N-word yeah, there. They, they, I mean, yes, they should. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. So now, the Democratic Party prospers on the votes of the very people it has spent much of but, its... Uh, I, I should say, say the reason I find that interesting is because Dennis Prager demands the ability to use that's the word. That's true, yeah, that's true. It's history oppressing. Democrats falsely claim that the Republican Party is the villain, when in reality, it's the failed policies of the Democratic Party that have kept blacks down. Massive government welfare yeah, has decimated yeah. the black it. family. You got Opposition it. Opposition to school choice has kept them trapped in failing schools. Politically correct policing has left black neighborhoods. Well, now we have sound effects of sirens crime. in the background. So when you think, wait, and she called it politically correct policing. Yep. Are you shitting me? PCP. <laughs> God damn it! All right, we got a couple seconds left. We just got like ten seconds left. Let's finish this fucking thing. Think about racial equality and civil rights. Which political party should come to mind? I'm Carol Swain. Professor of Political Science and Law at Vanderbilt University for Prager University. Jesus Christ, she should not. She has tenure. It's the only way she manages to stay when she's making arguments that bad in public. Jesus Christ. Yeah, not great. It's so lazy. And I talked about this a, a little bit with you, and I talked about it on Twitter. But this, the, the intellectual laziness that we've run across lately has me a little down. Yeah. Right, I, I talked about it a little bit on the uh, patron-only episode, but and I, I, did I talk about it at the beginning of this episode? I don't even remember. Um, no, I didn't. So. The Glenn Beck book has me a little bit down because I think the problem is I expected more, and I know I shouldn't get my expectations up with the stuff we do on our show, but I really expected it wouldn't just be a retread of the same, you know, look before 1960 don't don't look at anything more recent than that they're all that and then you know we're talking about socialists don't look at the stuff that is actually what you want look at the fake stuff that i say is what you want but you know because you're you reading the book that it's not what you want right that kind of bullshit where all it takes for us to demolish his argument and say uh hey glenn uh one second here me in the back of the room um i don't want that yeah I I want the thing the that you thing. said isn't socialism, yeah. which, by the way, we, of course, one of our great patrons sent us a meme on Twitter <laughs> earlier today, which uh, I wholeheartedly think uh, portrays the issue uh, perfectly. But 
That's the problem, and it's got me a little bit down. I expected, and maybe we were a little bit spoiled with Je- with Ben Shapiro. Maybe that's a little bit of the problem. Maybe. And that at least he was fucking trying. Yeah. Even if he was, a, it was a shitty book, it didn't make the points it was trying to make, at least he was fucking trying. But I don't get any sense of that at all with Glenn Beck. No. Nope, indeed. Agreed. Well, I guess. That's it. We've learned. We've learned all there is to learn about Prager University. That's, that's all we could possibly learn. What more could there be? Other than, of course, the titles of the la- Spanish language videos they okay, have on their Prager International channel. <laughs> sure. Why not? So, Benedict, as I do not understand Spanish, mm-hmm. I just want to run through a few that's of these it. real quick. That's so, you, it. That's it. so you can tell me what these mean. Okay. So, number one. Como la esta yendo al socialismo en Venezuela. Como la esta yendo el socialismo en Venezuela is uh, how socialism is going in Venezuela. It's kind of a weird way ma- of saying it, but... I'm going to imagine the answer is not good. Yeah, no bueno. <laughs> yeah. Next. Inmigrantes no voto como en el país del cual hay huyo. Huyo? Huyo. Yeah, something like that. It should be huyeron. Immigrantes, because it's, it's, anyway, whatever. Um, it's H-U-Y-O with a thing above yeah, it. Yeah, but it's immigrantes, you said? Immigrantes. It's with an S on the end? Yeah, it should be huyeron. They've translated that badly. Um, well, it's Prager University. Yeah. How do you think they grade their Spanish anyway, classes? That's, that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so that, that, that means immigrants don't vote the same as they did in the country that they fled from. Okay. Next, el which I presume is hace... people getting mad at Cubans, like some Cubans, <laughs> for voting for the Democrats. Like, you were conservative in Cuba. What are you doing now? Yeah. Uh, next, el socialismo hace egoísta a la gente. <laughs> Kevin, you're killing me with this this pronunciation. Do you want me to say it in white guy no, Spanish? This is better. Do you want me to not even fucking no, this try? Is better. So socialism makes people selfish. That's that's okay. a fun one. Next. You know, the, the, la, the policy of sharing everything with other people makes you selfish. <laughs> Carry on. La promesa de la libre empresa. Oh, that's that's a beautiful rhyme scheme there. La promesa de libre empresa. Um, that means like the promise of free enterprise or promise of free business. Okay. And finally, because it, the, the rest of them are just a bunch of uh, Ten Commandments videos. Okay. Uh, el conflicto uh-huh. en medio oriente. I think you can do that one. That's that's the conflict in the Middle that's East. Correct. I'm even yeah. I from my year of Spanish in undergrad can remember that one. That's fun. So yeah, they haven't made any new foreign language videos since 2017. You gave up on I that. I have to imagine. Uh, yeah, that market wasn't doing much for them. I want to see how many views they have. Actually, give me one second here. I want to find out how many views are on the. Um, uh, what, which video is this? Funky uh, Buddha. Como le esta socialismo? This one. Uh, this has 82,000 okay. views. Not loads, then. Can you just play, Not loads, can but... you play the start of it, if you're on it? You want to play... Okay, I'll play the beginning of it for you. It's uh, it's an ad for Twisted Tea right now, so I've got to... <laughs> El go te twiste. <laughs> Hubo una vez Oof. un país en Sudamérica con un vez. futuro prometedor. Tenía una democracia funcional, una economía desarrollándose de- rápidamente y una clase media creciendo. And a growing middle class. Todos los indicadores importantes, incluyendo educación, salud e inversiones extranjeras, apuntaban en la dirección All correcta. In the right direction. No es que fuera perfecto, perfect. pero había esperanza y por buenas razones. <laughs> pero hoy por hoy, toda esa esperanza está perdida. Day by day, all that hope is lost. Un cadáver 
It's un cadaver. She called it a corpse. A corpse of its former <laughs> self. Wow. By the way, this is our girl. Debbie, Debbie D'Souza. D'Souza. There you go. Wow. Debbie Congrats, D'Souza. Debbie. You gotta love her, man. Lovely love speaking her. Hey, voice. Did you know she's from Venezuela? I, you know, I'm not sure I did. <laughs> you, you never? Oh, let me, let me go. Let me go get my buddy Dinesh. He'll, he'll, tell, tell, you. he'll tell you. Anyways, been great fun. That's it. That's all we have for today. I'm sorry we couldn't find more about... I, I want to know more about the inner workings of PragerU. I really do. I'm really interested in it. Um, but it's like a black box. They have it all hidden. They found a way to make sure that nobody gets their secrets. So maybe someday in the future uh, when they get their eventual, I mean, sexual harassment lawsuit, which will come. It's Prager University. Come on. Uh, We'll find out more about the inner workings, but probably not before then. (laughs) But anyways, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes, shout-outs on the show, drawings to win our copies of the books we read, and more. As always, we have to give a shout-out to our wonderful and amazing patrons, Dexter, Allison, Corey Bidding, Megan Ruth, Glowrung the Deceiver, Danielle, Big Easy Blasphemy, Becky Scott Fairley, Stephen and Cindy Dimmick, A.J. Brantley, Taru Takanen, Skeptical Seventh, and Andrew Jenko. Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. Now that's it for this week's show. Till next time, to me, my X-Men. Goodbye. Goodbye. podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.